Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Pure as water made me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Well, greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Uh, Father, um, we ask you, Lord, to give wisdom today, give discernment, open up your understanding to us, O Lord, and and, uh, exhort us, Lord, to be holy. And uh, Lord, uh, most of all, Lord, we believe that by one offering, uh, we were sanctified. And perfected by that one offering, Lord. We accept that gift, Lord, today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I want to share something with you about the bride. The um, the conditions of the bride. Uh, the qualifications of the bride. I'm going to start in um, Revelation 21. Now, some people ask me, um, do you believe that there is a heavenly Jerusalem? Um, not just the bride, but the uh, fulfillment of the earthly bride in heavenly places. Well, the Bible says in Hebrews 8, and five, who serve that which is a copy of the shadow of heavenly things, even as Moses is warned of God when he's about to make tabernacle. Four, see, said he, that thou make all things according to the pattern that was showed thee in the mount. So what was going on on earth was a pattern of what was what was already there in heavenly places. So, yes, I know people who have been to the New Jerusalem, and uh, I've been there in parable, in uh, vision, and so on and so forth. But I want to talk about the pattern. I want to talk about the type and the shadow that's being fulfilled here on earth, okay? And that is... What really edifies us? Not not a building coming down out of heaven, but, but what does it mean? What is the bride supposed to be like, right? And uh, Revelation 21 and 2 says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He shall dwell with them. They shall be his people. Now, the more perfect tabernacle, of course, um, was not Moses's, but Jesus's, right? And that is showing us the picture of the most perfect tabernacle here being the bride. And he said that this new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven is the bride. Okay. So, 
we'll notice that it is coming down out of heaven. And, you know, we've um, pointed out to you for uh, Revelation chapter 3, um, 7, speaks of the Philadelphia church, which is one of the seven, was like Moses' marrying one of seven daughters. And, of course, the seven churches uh, are the seven daughters, but the Philadelphia church is the bride, very plainly, when you read the text. And I'll read also verse uh, 12, which says, He that cometh, he that overcometh, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He shall go out thence no more. And I will write upon him the name of my God, which is the nature, character, and authority, which is the word name, which it means, yeah. And the name of the city of my God. So this, this, uh, Philadelphia church who overcomes is the, has the name of the city of my God on them, the new Jerusalem, which cometh. That's what it says in the original. Cometh. It's, it's, uh, ongoing, right? Cometh down out of heaven from my God in my own new name. And of course, we, we take on his name, but the bride is one who is manifesting his name, right? Okay, so with that understanding, let's go back to Revelation 21 and verse 9, where the angels show unto John, Come hither, and I will show thee the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Verse 10, And he carried me away in the Spirit to a mountain great and high, which I believe is Zion. In fact, we just had a dream about the highest mountain, Zion, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. How does the bride get the glory of God? Well, 2 Corinthians 3 and 18, we behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and we're, we come into manifesting that glory, from glory to glory, right? As from the Lord to Spirit. So they're manifesting that glory, okay? Uh, and this is coming down out of heaven because we are being born from above, right? And, of course, uh, John 3 and 3 is a revelation of this. And John 3 and 5 both are a revelation of this. John 3 and 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except one be born anew, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And and anew here is from above, according to the numerics, according to the original Greek, means from above. Except one be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. As we are being born of God, which is an ongoing thing, it's not just born in spirit, we're also ordained to be born in soul and ultimately born in body again, okay, from above. And Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily I say unto thee, except one be born of the water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. 
That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Water and spirit is talking about the washing of the water with the word and by the power of the spirit of God. So the bride, the church, by the way, has a very um, ignorant understanding of born again. The only thing they really know that makes you to enter the kingdom is uh, is born again of spirit when you receive a new spirit. But God ordained that we receive a new spirit, so we were capable of having a born-again soul, which is your mind, will, and emotion. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, but first I want to go back and see some more in Revelation 21. Born from above. Coming down out of heaven from God. And we saw in Revelation 3 and 12 that this new Jerusalem cometh down out of heaven from God. Cometh. And that was, of course, spoken when he was speaking to the Philadelphia church. Okay. And uh, a little bit more about this uh, born from above. Let's look at John chapter 6. Back here to that again. John 6, I would say, let's read uh, 32, 33. Jesus therefore said unto them, Verily I say unto you, It was not Moses that gave you the bread out of heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which cometh down out of heaven, giveth life unto the world. And of course, he's talking about the word that came down out of heaven. John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he goes on to say in verse 13, Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We are born of God. We're born of this word that comes down out of heaven. Like they ate the manna and lived, we partake of this word that came from heaven. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, back in uh, 32 and 33, uh, for the bread of God is that which cometh down out of heaven and giveth life unto the world. Oh, praise be to God. Now I'd like to read um, 57 too. Well, I'm going to back up to 56. It says, He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood abideth in me and I in him. So actually we are partaking of his flesh and blood and he was the word made flesh. So we partake of that word. When you eat the word, obviously just like when you eat food, it goes into you and the body assimilates it and your cells become what that word is. You become the word. So this is not just knowing the word, it's becoming the word because you're obedient to the word. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, the life of the flesh is in the blood, the Bible says. Leviticus 17.11 Abideth in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, 
and I live because of the Father. So he that eateth me, he also shall live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He that eateth this bread shall live forever. So we eat this bread which came down out of heaven, which was Christ, the word of God. We partake of the word of God. We who walk by faith in the Lord are able to obey because that's the way grace comes. comes through faith. Grace is the ability to walk with God. It's not just a blood covering until you, well, it is a blood covering, but it's not just a blood covering until you actually manifest walking with the Lord. Right? We need that covering until we are walking with the Lord. Faith is accounted as righteousness, right? So, this is an awesome, awesome thing here. We can see that born again from above is what this new Jerusalem coming down represents, because it is the bride. She is born from above. Is everyone born from above? Well, more or less. Uh, depends on where you go. Some people think all you need to do is accept Jesus as their personal Savior. Well, what they've done is they've received a born-again spirit, and they're not bearing the fruit of it. You must bear the fruit of this born-again spirit. And that's uh, that's uh, what Peter called uh, the born-again soul. First Peter. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, let's go on down to verse 23. And the city hath no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine upon it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the lamp thereof is the Lamb. Well, this is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of God is 2 Corinthians 3.18. We behold in the mirror the glory of the Lord and are transformed into that same image from glory to glory. So this is how the glory of God is lightening uh, this bride. She doesn't need physical light. She has spiritual light. And uh, the lamp is the, the lamb. The Bible says the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. And you have a born-again spirit, which is likened to Jesus' born-again spirit. That's your first stage of being recreated in his image, being born from above. It's just the first stage. Now that you've been given this born-again spirit, you can have a born-again soul. Because if you walk after the spirit, you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Right? Let's read on. Verse 24. And the nation shall walk amidst the light thereof. All right. Well, the reason, if you remember when John saw Jesus with the disciples uh, following him, those first fruits who were around him, he said, he that hath the bride is the bridegroom. And those people were his light to go out into the world, his disciples to go out and create disciples. And this is what this is talking about shall walk amidst the light thereof. And the kings of the earth bring their glory into it. Well, the Bible's very clear who the kings of the earth are. It is we 
to walk in his steps. We've been given authority to rule in the earth. We can have dominion in the earth. It says, for instance, in uh, Revelation 5 and 9, and uh, they sing a new song, saying, Worthy art thou to take the book and to open the seals whereof thereof, for thou wast slain, and didst purchase unto God er, with, with thy blood men of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, and madest them to be unto our God a kingdom and priests, and they reign upon the earth. They reign upon the earth. So, uh, they bring their glory into it, these kings, those who reign, who have the glory of God manifested in them by beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord. They bring it into the bride. That who is coming into the bride, those people. And, uh, verse 25, Revelation 21, 25, and the gates thereof shall in no wise be shut by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring their glory in, and the honor of the nations into it. Glory and honor of the nations. Uh, who are born from above will enter into the bride. That's the these are the qualifications he's speaking about here to to be in the bride. If you don't understand that the bride is not the whole church, you need to go back and look at all the parables in the Bible, Psalm 45, Song of Solomon, uh, Esther, and you'll see that the bride is not the whole church, but the most glorious uh, one among them. And there shall in no wise enter into it, that is the new Jerusalem, the bride, anything unclean. He that maketh an abomination and a lie. Nothing unclean shall enter into it. And only they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. <clears throat> so first a person has to be written in the Lamb's book of life. Then they have to be clean, and they they cannot have an abomination. Abomination is uh, usually associated with idolatry, something that's more important to them than God, something that they serve. No abomination um, is defined as um, an object of disgust. Uh, so. They're not to have any object of disgust, according to the Bible, not according to men's opinions, right? So, nobody that maketh an abomination and a lie, many people lie to themselves and they lie to others and they slander and there will be none of those in pride. And only they that are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Before I go on, I want to point out to you, that there wasn't a chapter 22 there. It just went right on down. And he showed me a river of the water of life, bright as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the midst of the street thereof. He's still talking about the bride. And, uh, you know, John 7, uh, 38, 39, tells us, He that believeth on me, 
as the scripture has said. In other words, there's no lie found in their mouth, as the Bible says. Uh, as the scripture has said, from within him shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit that they that believed on him were to receive. No, now the Spirit, Jesus said, the words that I speak are spirit and they are life. And that's what he's talking about. He's still talking about the bride here. He showed me a river of the water of life, bright as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God. The throne of God is where? Uh, Where is the throne of God? David sat on the throne of God. The scripture tells us very plainly. And his son Solomon sat on the throne of God. And that was in Jerusalem, where the presence of God is. And of the Lamb, in the midst of the street thereof, and on the the side of the river, and on that side, of the tree of life, bearing twelve manner of fruits. And we know that the Bible says that the, the tongue of the righteous, the healing of the tongue, Proverbs 15 and 4, in the literal, is this tree of life. It's the tongue of the righteous. And uh, the leaves of the tree that receives the water from the river of life out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. These are words of the Spirit. These are words of, of God. Forth out of God's people. They speak the word of God because he lives in their heart and he, they have become a manifestation of the word of God. And uh, so the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And as you know, that the people of God, who are disciples of Christ and filled with the Spirit of God, go forth and bring healing to the nations, both spiritual and physical healing, just as they did in Jesus' day. So you see, this parable is being fulfilled. And there's no doubt a monument of it in heaven, too, but it's being fulfilled. But it is a monument to the bride. And there shall be no curse anymore. The throne of God of the Lamb shall be therein. The bride, we've already talked to you many times about this curse being gone. The curse is because of sin. And his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face. And his name shall be on their forehead. Same thing as Revelation 3 and 12 says about the Philadelphia or church of brotherly love, right? The bride, it says his name is on their foreheads, right? And there shall be night no more. They'll have discernment. They'll have knowledge of the things God wants them to have knowledge of. And they need uh, no light of lamp, neither light of man. For the Lord God shall give them light. And they that shall reign forever and ever. Ooh, isn't that awesome? Wonderful, wonderful revelation. Lord God, you are so awesome. So, there are those that can enter into the bride, and there's those who cannot enter into the bride. We're told um, that the born again soul is what God is after. It's what bears the fruit of your spirit. The spirit of man is a lamp 
that shines into his innermost being, and we're told that that's just exactly what the Word of God does. In 1 Peter uh, 1 and 21, who through him are believers in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope might be in God. So he's talking about believers. I'm talking about lost people. And he's exhorting them. He's saying, seeing that you have purified your souls in your obedience to the truth. So the way your soul is purified is obeying the truth. He wants you to see this as something that is yours even ahead of time. Because we see the end from the beginning. That's what faith is. Faith is the substance of the thing hoped for while the evidence is not yet seen. Okay? So he says, seeing that you have purified your souls in your obedience to the truth unto unfeigned love of the brethren. This is the end result. Love. Love worketh no evil. Of course, you can read First uh, Corinthians 13 and see what love is all about. If you want to be in the bride, you have to be love. Because God is love, and his bride is love too. So, purified your souls in your obedience to the truth unto unfeigned love. What is feigned love? Well, feigned love is faked love. I love you, but I'm going to stick my knife in your back. <laughs> so that's what some people can do, but it's feigned love and it doesn't count for the kingdom of heaven. But this is the truth. Obedience to the truth brings us to unfeigned love of the brethren. Love one another from the heart fervently. You can tell when God's people love God's people. You can tell. It is awesome. Having been begotten, uh, this is the same word as born. Uh, it can be, can be translated born just as easy. It's the exact same Greek word. Having been born again. But now he's talking about born again of your soul through your obedience to the truth. Your spirit has nothing to do with you obeying the truth. You didn't, you didn't uh, come to God. He drew you. He appointed you to bear fruit. You didn't choose him. He chose you. He brought you to the point. He gave you a born-again spirit. Uh, he brought you to the point of at least initial repentance. He gave you a born-again spirit. And then you were capable through that spirit to follow the Holy Spirit and to walk in obedience so that your soul would be born again. Okay? And then... Born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God. So you obey the word of God to be born again in your soul, or you have no hope of being in the bride. Now, I know that the bride is being perfected spirit, and then soul, and then ultimately body. And the finished product, of course, is that symbol in heaven, of the New Jerusalem. 
And, and there are many, you know, queens and virgins and concubines who are following the bride according to Psalm 45. And, uh, coming into that same image, they just aren't the first fruits. That's all. Okay. So, and again, bride is one that's going to bring them. You read Psalm 45, you will see that the bride is the one that's going to bring them uh, into the king's chamber, right? And, uh, but our, but of not of, of corruptible seed, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God. Religion won't do it. Opinions won't do it. Fake love won't do it. Uh, you have to obey the word of God. This is what we're called to do. The Lord God didn't choose us and draw us to just be forgiven. They had that in the Old Testament with the blood of bulls and goats. But they didn't have because the, the Old Covenant could not perfect, Paul said. They didn't have this, what we're talking about here, a born again soul. And that only comes if a person follows their born again spirit. Not a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which liveth and abideth. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory thereof as the flower of grass. Grass withereth, flower falleth. So, uh, the, the flesh is not going to enter into the kingdom of God. No flesh and blood entering the kingdom of God. It's the born again man that's entering into the kingdom of God. And the flesh is, is here to die. Jesus said, if you don't lose your life, you won't gain your life. Right? So we're, we came here to die just like our Lord. He said, if you don't take up your cross and follow him, you cannot be his disciple. And you can't see the kingdom of God. That's what he said. You must be born again. Uh, but the word of the Lord abideth forever. So the word, we are to become the word made flesh because the word is eternal. And the flesh is temporal, meaning temporary. Okay. The, the born again man is the one that has eternal life. It's not the son of man that has eternal life. It's the son of God that has eternal life. And if you remember, Jesus was made in all things like unto his brethren. And what was he? He was the son of man. And within was the son of God. And we too, we are son of man and God. Son of man went to the cross, died. Son of God lived on, eternal. A product of the word, which he tells us here, is eternal. Abideth forever. The word of God abideth forever. So God is exhorting us to not just get born again in spirit and sit on a pew because you're not bearing any fruit. He talks to his own disciples and he tells them, you know, um, you must bear fruit, 36 to But the word of the Lord abideth forever. And this is the word of good tidings which was preached unto you. 
So he says, putting away, therefore, all wickedness and all guile and hypocrisies, envies, and all evil speakings, as newborn babes long for the spiritual milk, which is without guile. Of course, no, Hebrews 5 talks about going on after the spiritual milk to to, to the need of God's word. That you may grow thereby unto salvation. He's talking about manifesting our salvation through being born again in soul. Of course, the, the, uh, the final completion of this process is the born again body. And that's what the sons of God will receive. Born again body. So, you can, by the way, you can see the same thing. If you don't believe it, I'll just read it to you here in James chapter 1. It says the same thing. James chapter 1, I'll read 21 through 23. Wherefore, putting away all filthiness and overflowing of wickedness, and of course God says we can do that. He wouldn't tell us to not do it if we couldn't do it. Receive with meekness the implanted or engrafted word, or inborn word. It's all the same thing. Which is able to save your souls. Who is your? Who is he talking to? Well, go back to verse 2. Chapter 1, verse 2. Count it all all joy, my brethren, when you fall into manifold temptations. See? So what are these temptations and trials supposed to prove? Well, whether you're obeying what he's saying here, right? Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Oh, I thought my soul was saved when I got saved. No, your spirit was saved when you got saved. Now with that spirit, Jesus said, uh, only one out of four groups goes on to bear fruit, 30, 60, and 100 folks. You say, well, what if I'm walking along that road and I'm not there yet? Well, then faith is accounted as righteousness. As long as you abide in faith in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and you're continuing to walk the walk of faith and the fight of faith, you're continuing in that, you're all right. Faith is accounted as righteousness, the Bible says. So just continue to walk in the rest of God, right? And the rest is uh, defined as believing and speaking the word of God you know, and resting in it that it's done. The implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deluding yourselves. Many people are deluded because they think all they got to do is know the word. No, you don't. He said, be doers of the word. If you're going to have a born-again soul, he's very plainly telling you, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deluding your own selves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in the mirror. Now, we know that won't work. He said, Behold in the mirror the glory of the Lord, and you'll be transformed into that same image from glory to glory. You've got to receive the glory of the Lord as yours. By one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Right? 
So he beholds his natural face in the mirror, and he, for he beholdeth himself, and goeth away, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man that he was. Well, that didn't do any good. He's obviously one of the four groups that didn't bear any fruit, right? And back in Peter, you can look at chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, begat us, or born us, birthed us again unto a living hope. Now, notice, you were born again in spirit unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Unto an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. Now, this is our inheritance. This is what we're coming into. Remember, if you're defiled, you're not in the bride, right? And that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who by the power of God are guarded through faith unto a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Just exactly what we just read. In First uh, Peter chapter 2. That you may grow thereby unto salvation. We're talking about the manifestation of your salvation. We've all received our salvation by faith. But faith is the substance of the thing hoped for. While the evidence is not yet seen. To be revealed. This salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice. Though now, for a little while, if need be, you have been put to grief in manifold trials. It's true. The testing of our faith, right? That the proof of your faith being more precious than gold. The proof of your faith is more precious than gold. That perishes, though it is proved by fire. And he found unto praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ, at the revealing of Jesus Christ, at the manifestation of Jesus Christ, at his coming, right? Whom not having seen ye love, and on whom, though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice greatly with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The end of your faith is the salvation of your soul. In other words, when your faith is manifested, you have the manifest salvation of your soul. Notice that. Now, that's what we're talking about concerning the bride. That's what we're talking about. Okay, let's, uh, let's go a little further with this. Let's go to, uh, 1 John chapter 2. And we'll read, uh, verse 28. And now, my little children, abide in him. That if, and it is if in the original, even in the received text, it's if. It has a footnote there. It tells you if. Because it's not talking about when he comes. It's talking about if he shall be manifested in you. There's two different words being spoken here. And, and now, my little children, abide in him that if he shall be manifested, 
we may have boldness and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Oh, we don't want that. And if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone also that doeth righteousness is born of him. Everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Born out of heaven. The bride doeth righteousness. Okay. Okay, let's go down to chapter 3. We'll read uh, verse 9. Whosoever is born of God, born and begotten, same word, doeth no sin, because his seed, which is what? The word of God, abideth in him. See, some people, they go into trials and they give up the seed. They give up the world. They go back to their old ways. Uh, no progress there. You're not being born again in that situation. You've been tested and tried, and you haven't seen the proving of your faith. Okay, so, whosoever is born of God doeth no sin, because his seed abideth in him. Well, well, when I sin, what is that, David? Well, it's the old man. It's the one that's not going to heaven. You know, as your uh, outer man is decaying, your inner man is being renewed day by day. In other words, your inner man is taking over your house, just like the Israelites when they went into the wilderness. He's taking over your house. That must be. That's how you bear fruit. 30, 60, and 100 fold. Whosoever is born of God doeth no sin because his seed abides in him. In other words, he's not giving up the seed. It abides. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. That man in you that is born of God doesn't sin. It's the old man that sins. That man in you abides in Christ. And the Bible said there is no sin in him. You know who the body, who lives in the body of Christ? Christ does. What when you sin? Are you abiding in Christ? No, you're not abiding in Christ. You're abiding in the world. And you can't bear any fruit that way. And you must give it up. And that's why God is chastening and um, causing you to understand that it's going to cost you something. And it's going to cost you something a lot more than what you know if you don't listen to his chastenings now. He cannot sin because he's born of God. In this, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Let's just say it like it is. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Do you believe the word of God? If you don't, you're not going to bear fruit. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. Oh my. Go back to 1 Corinthians 13. Find out what love's all about. That's what the bride's made of. Okay. For this is the message which you heard from the beginning. That we should love one another. Not as Cain was of the evil one and slew his brother. People do that with their tongue nowadays, according to what we've seen in the word. And wherefore slew he him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Verse 14, we know 
that we have passed out of death and into life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby know we love, because he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Let's look at 4 and 7. No, I'll tell you what. Verse 18 here. Uh, My little children, let, let us not love in word, neither with the tongue, but in deed and in truth. Hereby shall we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our heart before him. Amen. And verse 4 and 7, chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And every one that loveth is born of God. There it is. The bride is born from above. Born of God. Born of the word. Uh, he that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. O Lord be God. And also, um, chapter 5. Verse 1, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whosoever loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him or born of him. Jesus said that to the Pharisees. If you love me, love my father. Hereby we know that we love the children of God when we love God. And do his commandments. So you have to love the children in order to love the father. Don't love them if you don't do his commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. But this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. So once again, it's obedience. We're back to obedience, obeying the word of God. Not just a hearer, but a doer. So we can have a born again soul. And be in the bride. That we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Alright. And this is the victory that hath overcome the world. Even our faith. So those who walk by faith will overcome the world. Right? Okay. Verse 18. We know. That whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that was born of God, same word as begotten, keepeth himself. So you see, when a person is born of God in a certain area of their life, they're able to keep that. And the evil one toucheth him not. Yes, you become immune to Satan. With a born again soul. We know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in the evil one. So you're either abiding in Christ or you're abiding in the evil one. If you sin in that point, you're abiding in the evil one and you don't know God in that point. That doesn't say that you're completely that way. We're in the process of taking over this land from the carnal man. 
Just like the Israelites, when you had to conquer the carnal man in the land in order to take that house, raise their own fruit in that land, right? The spiritual man, the Israelite, raising their own fruit in that land. And, of course, the old man is dead. So, this is God's plan for the bride. The conditions for being in the bride. Isn't it awesome what the Lord has done? And, you know, I know you can ignore the word. Many people do. And many people choose to believe once saved, always saved. And um, greasy grace. Because that's all their preachers know. And they respect their preachers. They're idolaters. Which is an abomination. As we saw. (laughs) You know. They're idolaters with their religion and with their preachers, and they're not believing what the Word of God says. You know, it's a it's a privilege to be born of God. It's not something that you have to do. It's something that God has already done. If you believe it, it will come to pass, just like everything else that you believe. When you believe it, you receive it. Jesus said, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you received them. It's past tense there, by the way. And you shall have them. You believe you received this by the sacrifice of Jesus at the cross. And it's yours. Now, you have to endure the trial of your faith. You have to keep on holding on to what the word says. You don't give up the seed, as we were talking about before. And you're born again. You're born again in soul, in your mind, in your will, in your emotions. This is what God is looking for in the bride. This is why he did all this for you, so that everyone would come into the bride. Now, everybody hasn't come into the bride and never will. But this was an opportunity that's been spent for a lot of people. Okay, now, after the bride has come into the image of the Lord. And I don't say that that's going to be complete at the beginning of the tribulation period. I don't believe that. I believe it will be complete in spirit. And the the man-child will lead the bride, teach the bride, give wisdom to the bride, impart gifts to the bride, send the bride out to bring in the kingdom, you know, uh, send the bride out to preach and teach and do the works of Jesus Christ, which they will do. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. The bride will be doing wondrous, powerful works uh, to bring in the people who, uh, from the foundation of the world, were in the kingdom. So, Father, we're, we see your wondrous plan in this, and we see the conditions that are written there in Revelation 21 for coming into the bride. And uh, we know that that if it's a valuable thing to anyone out there and they believe the gospel, they will do it. But many times idols enter in. Love of the world, love of things, pride of life. Some people never admit they're wrong, so they never get cleansed. Because if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So people who are proud, um, they will never confess their sins. They will never admit doing wrong. They will 
not enter the kingdom because you must do this all along the way in order to go to the next step. You have to be cleansed in one area before you can go to the next area, you know. The Lord said, get the Lord out of your eyes so you can see clear to get the moat out of your brother's eye. Who is he going to use to get the moat out of our brother's eye? Um, those who have the board out of their eye. Many proud and arrogant Christians out there, they have no part in the kingdom. Um, they're not of God, whether they know it or not, because they still have all of their sins, because they never admit any wrong. So humble yourself and confess your sins one to another, that you may be healed. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this awesome opportunity of uh, continuing to walk in this born-again experience, 30, 60, and 100-fold. Thank you, Lord, for doing this. Thank you for finishing the good work you started in us. We know that you're able to do it, and we know that it's already done. So we give praise to your name, Father, and we give thanks unto you, Lord. We glorify your name. We're able to just give praise and thanks to you, Lord, because we've entered into the rest, because we believe your word, we believe your promise, that by one offering you have perfected forever them that are sanctified. You've already done it, Lord. And we're just entering into the works that were finished from the foundation of the world. We're faith. Faith is accounted as righteousness until righteousness is manifested. So, Father, we thank you. Lord, we're not going to be discouraged. We're not going to be double-minded by your grace. We will hold fast the confession of our hope that it waver not, for he is faithful that promised. We'll continue to walk in this faith, Lord, till we see every one of our enemies in this land conquered. Every one of the Canaanites conquered. All attributes of the old man conquered. Lord, we're going to find out who it is that loves you and is running after you and wants all of you. We're going to find out who it is. The bride was fanatically running after you. As in Song of Solomon. Queens and the concubines and the virgins thought, this girl's a fanatic. <laughs> and, they, and they were right. You know? But they didn't arrive at that first fruits because they were just kind of, as I say, ho-hum about running after the Lord. We need to love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, and soul. That's what the Word says. Oh, glory be to God. Thank you for this awesome, awesome gift of righteousness, Lord. Gift of being well-pleasing unto you, O Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Lord, you're about to prove to Christianity what the salvation the Lord is all about. They're going to see the glory of God. You said so. They're going to see the glory of God. It'll be right in front of their faces. It'll be those who have come into your image. And whatsoever you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Many of them will not like what they see. 
because it will be convicting them of their evil and of their sin. And they will fight against the people of God. The glorious people of God who have entered into the bride and brought their their um, glory into the bride. These who have dominion in the earth, kings in the earth, bring their glory into the bride, as Revelation 21 says. Oh, hallelujah. Father, thank you for drawing us and causing us to come unto you in all things. Thank you for granting us repentance. Thank you for revealing the things that are not pleasing so that we may repent, confess them, and walk in you. Thank you, Father, for these awesome, awesome blessings that you've given to your people. We do not deserve it. None of us do. It is by your grace, but we believe you, and grace comes through faith. So we believe you, Lord. We believe in your gift, Jesus Christ, to us. Amen. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels. Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. Can quench my thirsting soul. Pure as water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe.